Welcome to Screen Time with Rokan and Richard Roper. I'm Richard Roper. Rokan is on assignment, but he will be rejoining the podcast in the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, we actually have a really cool special edition of Screen Time today. I'm sitting down. Well, actually, I already sat down, although I am sitting down right now. But I sat down recently with Chance the Rapper at his home. He was cool enough and gracious enough to invite me over to screen his new concert movie, Magnificent Coloring World. And then we sat down and talked about the movie and about his thoughts regarding getting more involved in film and TV in the future. So just right around the corner here, we're going to have my conversation with Chance the Rapper. First, though, I have to remind you, the digital landscape is changing rapidly. And to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. Since 1995, AmericanEagle.com has partnered with companies of all sizes, offering web design and development, e-commerce to mobile apps and digital marketing, all to drive your overall business success. Because they believe today's online world is your opportunity. Visit AmericanEagle.com today to get started. All right. Y'all know Chance the Rapper, Chancellor Bennett is his real full name. Chance the Rapper is his stage name, his movie name, his concert name, his recording name. He did a tour called Magnificent Coloring World back in 2016. And then he started thinking, how could I turn this not just into a filmed concert, but a concert film? That concert film is going to be arriving in theaters in the next couple of days. So I had a chance to talk to chance and here's the first part of our conversation all right my friend congratulations as oh, well wow. um let's just talk a little bit about when this was filmed yeah. when you put this all together yeah so basically uh 2016 i dropped the album or the mixtape i guess mm. and uh at the end of 2016 i was on a tour i was in australia mm. and for whatever reason i was watching a lot of concert films a lot of old Michael Jackson stuff, but mm. just like different like concert films for some strange reason. And the two things that came to my mind was one that it felt like I couldn't hear the crowd the way that they yeah. looked on the screen. Right. You know how big they looked, but they mm. did. But it was focused on the obviously the performers vocal. Mm. And then the other thing was that a lot of them, the more popular ones, weren't. Uh, it seemed like more like just a tour that was going on that somebody filmed or yeah. like a special yeah. event. Of, and, you know, and and uh, and I felt like some of my favorite like performances from TV uh, or, or just artists doing concerts and stuff are like, you know, special versions of the song that are reworked. And, right. you know, it's like it's filmed for that purpose. They put up a special set. So I was like, you know, it should be. If I was to do a concert film, I would shoot it like it's, you know, a film rather than it's a concert. And uh, and I basically had this crazy idea while I was in Australia. I drew up this little map of, uh, of like a semicircle of stages of five stages and then like a long row of bleachers that like kind of mimics like the live studio audiences of the old TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and those bleachers work well because it, it just automatically makes like the sound project better. Mm -hmm. And so... I came up with this idea in, I think, December of 2016, and then we got really wrapped up with the Grammys. I won the Grammys. I came back to Chicago, and I was about to go on my second tour for the, mm. for the mixtape, and basically, I was like, hey, do you think that we could, that, 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 you know, that design that I showed you for the stage, do you think that we could do it in three and a half weeks? Wow. And, uh, and my team was like, probably not, but we can try, and so <laughs> then we... We put it together. We got we went to uh, to Cinespace, yeah. got the soundstage there, 
um, did the full like um, you know renders of it, built the stages, casted the dancers and choir, and put the whole thing together, including the filming of it, in in three weeks. It's it's interesting you mention that because there's there's concert films and then there's filmed concerts. Right. We've seen some great film. I mean, yeah. Woodstock's really just yeah. a, an elaborate film filmed concert. concert. Yeah. They weren't they weren't really performing for the cameras. Yeah. They were performing. So I, I get what you're saying about this being a concert film, which I think also uh, informs your performance. I mean, obviously yeah. you were involved in the in the entire design of this and the, you know everything that's involved with it. But you as a performer, I'm yeah. watching you. And at times you're playing straight to that camera. There's a, yeah. there's like a, a move at one point. It's like a Scorsese film. Yeah, where the dolly it, shot. It, yeah, that beautiful dolly shot where it's almost like everything fades in the background. You're there. So how does that change the way you perform? Because you still want it. You're still yeah. you're still you performing for a crowd, but you're also performing for the cameras. How do you? It was combine very those? different. That was the yeah. that like I I learned on the tour before that. So like when I went on the tour right before I did the film was the first time that like. I was doing, you know, arenas where, you know, naturally, uh, you know, well, there's obviously like a barricade that separates you further when you're playing those arena shows right. than when you're playing like the normal, like the shows I used to play. Sure. And but beyond that, there's people that are in the bowl. There's people that are like way in the back. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of experiencing you for the most part off of these giant IMAX screens. Yeah, and yeah. so on that tour, I learned to play to the cameras a little bit more mm -hmm. and it informed my performance in that way. But I still like am a, somebody that feeds off of like that direct connection and trying to get, you know, interaction with the crowd. And so luckily I did that tour before this because I wouldn't have been ready. But if you notice, once we do the big reveal, mm -hmm. you know, the stages are, you know, like 30 feet from the audience. Yeah. And so it was probably the most difficult time I ever had, like really like involving the audience. But the there were two great things about it. One, uh, they were my biggest fans. So I, I what I did was I, I hit up SoundCloud, who I have a great relationship with, and asked yeah. them to, to find through my metrics, like my top 1% of listeners in Chicago. Oh, okay. And sent out an RSVP to them and didn't tell them anything about what the show was going to be. And I... Uh, okay. I basically, you know, uh, told them to meet at a random location and rented a bunch of laid law school buses. And they all got on these buses and rode to a random location. And when they get there, it's in a space and they go inside, not expecting a performance or anything of the sort. Really? And okay. but they're the ones that listen and they're the ones that know the words. Yeah. And that's really what I wanted from them was their voices and their enthusiasm. And so uh, even though I was so distant from them, the fact that they had. Mm. No expectation of a concert or what it was. Okay. They felt closer than I feel like they would normally feel. Yeah, there's a there's a level of involvement there. Uh, that's a, and you mentioned too, like the, you know the sound. You can see there's microphones uh, in the audience. So you've got you know you've got this amazing choir. You got these dancers, but the audience really is part yeah. of the act. It's as the sixth well. stage. And did you, I mean, did you have to talk to them about that? Like, hey, or just like no, it was it know, was it was like uh, so. Uh, Basically, I did an event right when Coloring Book released called Magnificent Coloring World. It was the, it was the same title, yeah. and it was a listening party. And so there was no performance, actually, but I mm. rented out Goose Island, and they let me uh, put this astroturf on the floor and all these veils and, uh, and like, um, you know, black tarp and, and, and drape, uh, basically, like, separating and dividing in these little sections of rooms. And each room was, like, just filled with 
nostalgia is the best way I could put it. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like Kiwi Mystics and nachos and cheese. And there's like giant inflatable slides and like yeah. a paint room based off of the scene from the Joker. Just things that I remember. But this very like, uh, just like, you know, uh, I don't know, like a sensory overload when you come in there because it it's, smells awesome. There's all these colors. There's all this different types of food and like the music from the album is playing there's like these miniature like these these short like uh dance performances it's so hard to explain what that experience was because it was so different from anything else Mm -hmm. but i got the idea of like sending people on a bus to a random location and just like giving them an opportunity to be surprised from that event and then this one was kind of like an expansion of that like but with a live performance and, and even more inside and so i feel like my fans are very used to, I mean, specifically in Chicago's, mm. used to like scavenger hunts. Like whenever I do an uh, event, yeah, I put yeah. up tickets in random places. Like yeah. it's, it's usually hard tickets only. Like people have a story for how they got to my show. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to give them that same experience where it's just like, I'm just a random chance fan. I got a email that said, come to this location. And I came and he performed all these songs and they were, That's cool. they were ready. And there was, it was actually crazy. The more that you act like now that you're asking me like that, I prepped them. It's like, I probably should have, but maybe not though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, but you're, you know, you're doing a little bit of a high wire act there because they're not into it or quite getting what you're doing. Yeah. You're not going to have a lot of crowd reaction shots where they're like, what's going on? Yeah. Because, I mean, how many cameras did you have going? Man? Nine it, cameras. It, you, I mean, you, and you can feel that. Yeah. I mean, it, it has, and you've got a beautiful editing team. Yeah, you can tell that too. Because, so, you know, the way it just flows together. So that's like the seamless, biggest you know? the biggest part of the reason why it didn't come out then. Well, one part uh, was because I wanted it to be a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. But at the time, five years ago, like somebody, you know, someone that I was working with at the time was telling me like, you know, like, we're going into the streaming age. Like, we need to figure this out with Netflix. Mm. And that didn't work out, you know, for the better. I, and I also have a great relationship with Netflix. I love Netflix. But I basically, uh, the real reason why I didn't put it out was I wasn't happy with the edit. And I wasn't happy with the edit because I was never in the editing room and I didn't know how to edit. So it wouldn't even really matter right. if I was in there. Yeah. And, you know, um, a blessing from God at this, this not a blessing from God, but you know, the pandemic happened and I was forced to start doing, you know, these film concerts. And rather than doing, like you said, uh, a film concert, I wanted to make them concert films. And mm-hmm. so, and, and you saw with Shy Town Christmas, that was like the biggest form yeah. of it, yeah. but it was like, which is actually filmed in the same room as Shy Town as, uh, as the Magnificent Cullen World. But, uh, I, I grew in understanding film and and started editing my own performances and because like the direction was coming for me in terms of like you know just like how it moves and 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 the narrative of the of the piece it helps it it makes it all the more better that i'm you know cutting it and so it it was it was in one it was there was one cut of it that i was watching with one line mix of all the audio on like you know with no love to it and i was watching it for like you know four years just like being like man i need to do this over i need to figure out a better way and then you know i just sat down one day and watched it and i was like this is this isn't what i wanted to be because i haven't really mm-hmm. done any work to it and so in about two months time it was about two months ago i uh i decided to get all the footage and you know open it up and mm-hmm. and really just like dig through it and ended up filming that intro part and doing like you know just a bunch of archive digging and just like putting together this this piece that that 
is how it's supposed to feel. And I feel way better about it now. Yeah. Um, so if it, if it had come out four years ago, it would have been a completely different animal. It wouldn't, completely. we're seeing something oh, yeah. that would have been completely, you know, yeah. it is completely different. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because we get that little uh, footage of you. Is that that's got to be home movie footage of you. how old yeah, are you? And that, that's me. That's I right. think I'm uh, I'm probably like eight or nine years old, and yeah. uh, that's the first talent show I performed. Do you remember school. where that was? Yeah, yeah. So I went to I went to Skinner School, <laughs> Skinner Elementary, right next to Whitney Young. Yeah. And uh, and I remember I was in third grade when I was in kindergarten. I used to tell a story all the time when I was in kindergarten, uh, at or preschool actually. This sounds stupid. This sounds crazy. But when I was in preschool, I was like a very well-known dancer amongst friends and family. I was very outgoing. Locally kid. famous. Yeah, I was like my neighborhood and my family. They knew I liked to dance. Music came on. I would be the kid that was like doing the tootsie roll and shit like that. So like, when I got to my, you know, my my grade school, when I got to like to Skinner, I was really quiet for the first few years. Up in that point in my life, and I kind of lost that for a second. And I think that's what made me eventually get into poetry, which made me get into rap, which made me, you know, become an entertainer. Yeah. yeah. But it was like that was that was like a, a, a turning point in my life at a very young age. And uh, and I think like that stage to to performing on five stages was like, you know, the perfect place for the movie to start. You know, you, you, you mentioned nostalgia and, um, you know, we saw it in, in the Christmas special, too. You have such as I mean, for such a young guy, you have such a love for nostalgia in the past and cinema tv yeah, shows i mean you definitely. did the kind of the classic you know yeah. 80s sitcom thing uh, when you were doing this uh, you it's like you're performing but you're you i mean what what's going through your mind like because when you're when you're doing each of these songs that you know there's there's this beautiful musical performance but you're acting as well mm -hmm. do you i mean do you kind of become is it like a method kind of thing are it's, you becoming a different version of you are you thinking about your past as a combination of these things yeah i feel like um superman when i'm on stage you know and i feel like i'm clark kent when i'm not you know yeah. i'm and i and it, and it's not that like you know I, I don't remember who said it but it's like you know all the other superheroes put on their suit to become who they are but superman when he puts on a suit he becomes clark kent so i feel like i do more acting and and i'm actually less myself when i'm not on stage mm. but when i get on stage it's like I remember who I am. I remember are, how yeah. I like these songs that I love to write and I love to record and I love to listen to. I don't love them as much as when I'm saying them for a big, you know, for, not even when for a sharing big crowd, them. when I'm sharing yeah. them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like my most comfortable space. And that's where I can dance and sing and just be me and move how I actually move mm -hmm. as opposed to like having to just walk normal and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, where do I put my hand in my pocket? Yeah. <laughs> and, and in that same way, Chance, uh, do you feel like, you know, when you're looking into that audience, cause you can see the, you know, and again, you don't always see this in yeah. concert films. You can see each individual and the look on their face. And some of them are pure joy. And some of them are maybe thinking about something in their lives. Do you feed off of that? Yeah. Do you, I mean, is that, keep the music fresh too no, when you're doing the totally. 77th performance of the same song you're i'm fully i fully build my performances off of the crowd and mm -hmm. i will spend a long time trying to get the crowd into their comfort zone so that we can be superman together you mm -hmm. know what i mean and i think like that was a diff the difference in this performance is like you know you know for the crowd and for the audience like at, at home or in the theater you don't really know where the crowd is until that crane shot kind of reveals or, or the dolly shot. Yeah, yeah. And 
And that's like a, a, a part of the whole thing. And for me, it was the same thing because I start off so far away from the crowd. And as I make my way down the stages, I'm getting closer and closer to them. But for a long time, for most of the performance, I would say I can't I, I couldn't really speak to them. Mm-hmm. But the great thing was because it was mic they're in my ears so I can, you can hear, hear them, them and I can okay. feel yeah. them singing with me. And that 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 really fueled that performance. Well, I think, you know, the pacing, too. I mean, if you if you started with you jumping down and interacting with the crowd and touching them and everything, they're all just going to be more like starstruck and, oh, yeah. my God, I can't believe it's him. But by the time you're down there, they've already been on this journey with you. They're you with know, me, yeah. And they're with you there. So that's kind of a flow to that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here and then have the rest of my conversation with Chance the Rapper. But first, here's my partner, Ro Khan, with a word about Portillo's. Let me tell you about our friends at Portillo's, the finest fast casual experience you're going to have in all of dining. Portillo's, you know, not just hot dogs. A lot of, you know, when it started in Chicago, people were like, oh, it's a hot dog shop. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. We got, we got Italian beef? Wait. We got Italian sausage? Wait. You got chocolate cake? <laughs> Oh man, it's just uh, it's just one of the great experiences you can have, and I, I think I just said this a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. If you live somewhere where Portillo's is new, in California, Arizona, parts of Florida, check it out. Go have the chocolate cake. You get a little slice of home if you're from the Midwest, you're from Chicago, or you're from the East Coast too, because you know that that food will be very familiar to you as street food. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna be so heavy. It's not. Mm. And can I just tell you something? Mm. The best thing about Portillo's mm. is that bun that they put the Italian beef on yeah. that you get now when you get that dipped and it gets all wet. Yeah. That is the perfect piece of bread. <laughs> and you know, carbs be damned. You can do it once a month. You're sure. not gonna hurt anything. You'll be fine. Portillo's.com. P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S is how you spell that. Portillo's.com. Find a store near you or order online, and you can get it anywhere in the United States of America, portillos.com. Uh, I got to ask you a little bit about the business side of this. So you're, this, I'm going to run this piece as soon mm-hmm. as possible. So we got the three-day kind of sneak preview just here in Chicago. Yeah. And then I guess we're going to say for this purposes in the summer, I don't, yeah. you, you don't want to officially say dates yet. Yeah. You know, so. Just to be honest, I yeah. think like one of the big things for me for is like, I love experiences. I love surprises. I love reveals, mm. especially in film, because that's you know, show don't tell. Like I like to like to to give it to them as it's happening. And I've been kind of careful about you know, even though it's not a big deal, I haven't really been saying you know it's a five stage design. I haven't been saying like you know, been I haven't been too on the nose about what exactly it is, except mm. for that it's a it's a it's a very different from most concert films that you've seen or would see right now. That, yeah. And so. You know, I'm definitely not going to tell you how to write your piece, but just just and keep I'm not, some of the magic. We're going to pull the curtain all yeah. the way back. I completely get that. We can. There's a way to do it without you know. I would love that. Much. I think you know exactly. I, I know where you're coming from. So it's in that same vein, well, you know what I'm going to say is that there's a three week, three day sneak preview for Chicago audiences, and, and then a bigger rollout in the summer in the 2021. Summer. We'll yeah. just leave it like that. And it's kind of a unique thing because you're doing this directly with AMC. It's yeah. not through a studio and that's the way you do things right it's like why do we need six middlemen let's just get this thing out and let people see it no totally it was the perfect timing i feel like you know like you said like i like to go direct to you know my i hate calling them consumers or customers but like my listener like i like Mm -hmm. to go directly to them because then i can present it exactly how i want Mm -hmm. and 
yeah, they were they were the ones who told me that I'm the first person to independently distribute a, a movie to them, and and that's you know crazy to me. And yeah. I think that that this was the perfect time because it's going to open up the doors to AMC to start yep. you know producing their own content, which they should, and and creating these special events and moments that you can only experience with other people at, at, at you know, in the sound and picture that you're supposed to, yeah. to get it in. And so I was, it, it was crazy how it all came together. Like I actually had, had talked to them in, I think May of last year, when I first had the idea to do the Shytown town Christmas thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like after my first, after my first like well-produced virtual concert, I was like, Oh, I'm going to shoot for the stars. I'm going to do the magnificent coloring world again. But without a studio audience and just do, you know, more stages. <laughs> I don't know. And, and, uh, but, but I basically, uh, I had hit them up at the beginning of the year and, you know, things were crazy and we, and the, you know, a, a lot of things were going on. And so we ended up not being able to do Shytown town Christmas, but we had, a uh, revisited the conversation, uh, about two months ago when I decided to start editing the film together. And we really put together this whole, this whole thing, uh, in about three three and a half four weeks and that and that was them moving super fast that was their ceo adam being you know just open to to new ideas and uh and and my team obviously and and all the people that work with me just being like we believe in this thing we Mm -hmm. think that we can make this an experience that will bring people back to the movies and and reinvent how people experience the theater and experience stuff together Mm -hmm. and and it came together that's amazing well you know that's the thing it's it's a different world, and, and and again, this is more just our conversation. I'm not going to criticize anybody, but you know, AMC and all the theater chains, they've just been kind of sitting back and taking all these punches. Yeah. While Netflix is saying we're going to do it this way, and HBO Max is going to totally. do it that way. And it's like you got the theaters; you can put anything you want in, in there. there. So Literally. I got to ask you this too. So now you know you, this is a again, this is a concert film. Uh, the Christmas special. I mean, you know, you're acting, you're playing different versions of yourself. SNL. Uh, are you looking to make that leap? I mean, we, as you very well know, it, it, it didn't start just with hip hop. You can go back to Elvis and you can go back to Sinatra and you can go back to Benny Goodman. I mean, musicians have made that yeah. transition to acting forever. I mean, yeah. are you looking at some point doing something where your chance as and you're a character in yeah. a Spike Lee film totally. or a Barry Jenkins film or a Scorsese film? Are you looking to do that kind of thing, looking for, for roles to play as we speak? Yeah, I think with movies, it's a little bit tougher in terms of acting, one, I think because I'm a creative, you know, and you have a lot of creative output as an actor because you're literally like defining a character and, and saying who they are. But, you know, between the writer and the director and the producer and the studio, yeah, there's so many different, you know, layers to, to how much creativity you can get out. And and I also I also don't want to make it seem at all like I don't love the art of acting because i think it's a huge thing but i think also another limiting thing is just that um i'm a famous person already and i don't want to take away from any films by being a character that isn't the people that i I respect are like the steve buscemi's and paul giamatti's and the character Character actors actors, of the world you know what i mean and that's disappear into the role 30 seconds into it, I forget that it's, you know, that, or Philip Seymour Hoffman was a great Oh, actor, man. You know. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, like, that's my that's my role, and, I, and I'm and i going to mm. get into that space, I think, first, before I do any type of lead acting or anything like that. But I think uh, I love 
everything. I love movies because it's such a team sport and there's so many things that have to come together to make this thing, you know, work. And so like, I love cinematography. Uh, I love lighting. I love uh, editing. I love, you know, direction. I love like so many different parts of behind the camera work that I could get into without, Mm. you know, having to shove my face in front of everybody that like, that's something that I'm currently doing and currently figuring out different, you know, roles even beyond that, like in development and, and, and script. And I got a movie with, with MGM that, that I got a deal for in 2018 that, you know, I just turned in my first draft for uh, two months ago. And, um, and this is the one that's inspired by, by NTA. And, yeah. oh, oh, it's, 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 it's not about me. It's about, um, you know, um, are you familiar with the NTA story, mm-hmm. the, the the school almost shut down? So it's yeah. it's based on on these kids gotcha. that basically save a CPS school, um, and it's and it's a musical, but it's it, it's really it's really it's really cool. It's I'm very very proud of myself on that one, and I don't know when that'll be made, but um, yeah, I think like I think acting is something that I that I that I want to do, but I feel like there's such a joy, and even the, these concerts, the thing that's so cool about them, what I was just saying about the, you know wardrobe lighting set design you know direction editing all these things have to be all on the same accord just to make a film work where there's a thousand takes but these virtual concerts are crazy because especially with that one because it was really live in front of a studio audience there was no cuts there was no like moment where we're like okay let's redo this song it's like it's in the moment and literally everything not just the lights but all the dancers all the you know the musicians can't hit a bad note the choir can't you know nothing can go wrong and i feel like that's like the greatest preparation that i'm getting for when i'm actually on set and having to like you know really interpret a script really like you know put things together so i really love the the virtual concert idea or or concert film idea and i really love you know what i can do as a filmmaker and we'll see eventually how far the acting thing goes all right that does it for my conversation with chance the rapper thanks so much to chance for inviting me into your home and for talking with me about magnificent coloring world and so much more gotta remind you screen time is brought to you by americaneagle.com studios americaneagle.com is a full service global digital agency providing best in class web design development hosting digital marketing services and so much more You can always visit AmericanEagle.com for more information. Thanks to everybody for listening, for subscribing, for telling your friends, for downloading, for doing all that stuff. Of course, Screen Time is available where any fine podcast can be heard. Next time on Screen Time, I've got an exclusive conversation with Jennifer Hudson. That's right, Jennifer Hudson. She's starring as Aretha Franklin in the biopic Respect. And we had an hour-long conversation, and we'll be bringing it to you on screen time. Take care, everyone.